on the virtual Bible study tonight. We want to talk about heaven and uh, what do we know about it. You know, there's a lot of interest in uh, speculating about heaven. Some books have been written. Heaven is Real was a very popular right. book within the last few years. And there's general interest in heaven. Uh, but, of course, it's a, it's a very important biblical d- topic as well. And we want to talk about it. We just want to talk about what do we know about heaven. There's a lot of things we probably can't even begin to fathom about heaven. But the scriptures give us some valuable information, things that we can and do know about heaven that ought to make us want to go there. It's going to be a good discussion. You'll want to stay tuned. We'll get started right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study we're back on the program and uh we were glad that you're here with us tonight uh we hope that you will stay tuned and you'll listen uh attentively to our discussion about heaven my name is jacob Gwynn. my father greg Gwynn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you tonight kyle behind the board kyle welcome tonight it's good to be here. Glad you're here, and we're, again, glad that you're listening. We want to hear from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com or in the chat window to the bottom of your video feed. If you're on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, watching us at YouTube or on Facebook, you can check in the chat rooms there. That's a good way for you to share your comments. We just want to hear from you on the program tonight. Yeah, um, we want to, we hope that you'll participate tonight. And we also hope that you'll spread the word. Uh, we've got, we, as we've been announcing over and over again, we've got free bumper stickers. If you're inclined to put bumper stickers on your car, these are the kind that are easily removable if you ever decide you want to do that. But, yeah. uh, send us an, an email to questions at collegeview.com and give us your U.S. postage mailing address so we can stick one in the mail to you. Those are, you got some new ones, and those are some good-looking bumper stickers. Got, yeah. You know, there's an added benefit. I, I, it helped me find my car today. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're looking over there. Oh, there's those stickers. That's my car. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so maybe that's a good thing. You just put it on there. Maybe so you know if you're which getting old and forgetful and can't find your car. Hey, in now, hey, now. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and also, we always remind people, we put out, we put out a couple of emails every week. On Tuesday every week, we try to put out an electronic form of our weekly church bulletin. It has, we think, good, important articles in it. And then on Thursdays, about midday, we send out an email telling about our topic for discussion on the virtual Bible study that night. Tell you what we're going to be talking about. Start seeking feedback from you. Two emails a week, no spam. No spam, and uh, and you don't so give your email, that email address out to other people. We don't shop that out to other people. So if yeah, you want, yeah. if you if you'd like to get our emails, send us an email from your email to our email questions at collegeu.com. Just say put me on the list in the subject line if you want, and we can do that. All right. I don't know if we're getting sound. Kyle, are we showing sound over there? Okay. Well, we have got a listener who's having trouble. Tonight. Is anybody else getting sound? All right. We might put that question out too. So we want to hear from you. Uh, any, uh, if you'd like a bumper sticker, if you want to uh, get signed up to the, the list for uh, distribution uh, of our email bulletin and our update list, questions at collegeu.com. If you have a question about something you've heard or you want to suggest a topic for a future edition of the program, questions at collegeu.com. 
you just want to tell us you're out there listening, questions at collegeview.com. We'd like yeah. to hear from you. Any, way, any, any reason why you might want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. All right, to our update list today, here's the questions we sent out. Number one, what's implied by some biblical descriptions of heaven? Number one, that was the first question. What's implied by these descriptions of heaven? It will be a reward. It will be an inheritance. It will be a rest. It will be home. All of those words that describe heaven, I think, have some interesting implications to us as Christians. Second question, who will be in heaven? Okay. Third question, and this is just sort of a general interest question, will we recognize each other in heaven? A lot of people are really curious about that, and there's differing opinions about it. Lots of opinions, uh, strong opinions on both sides of that question. Yeah, pretty strong. And so if you believe that we will recognize one another in heaven, okay, so if you say yes to that, then a follow-up question for those who believe that would be, how could I be happy in heaven if we recognize each other in heaven? Therefore, we will also be able to recognize who's not in heaven. Yeah. And so here I'm in heaven, and my dear loved one is not in heaven. How can I be happy in heaven if I know my dear loved one didn't make it to heaven? Yeah. That's a question that, that challenges people sometimes. We'll just talk briefly about that okay. at the end of the program. And, uh, well, appreciate the, uh, I don't know if you call it a radio check or not, but in the chat room, but they can hear us in West Virginia, or, uh, Michigan, and Georgia, and here in Columbia, Tennessee as well. So yeah, I we think... got one listener one listener who's not hearing, but i got, I got to believe that's a problem on his end. Yeah. Uh, check around if you're not hearing us. If you're not hearing, don't if you're worry not about hearing the us, you can't, if we can't even okay. give you instructions, but All we right. might suggest to yeah, okay. refresh the page. Maybe refreshing the page All will right. help. Let's um, get into it. What are the descriptions of heaven help us? Because, you know, that's a good way to understand more about anything, but especially scriptural topics is look at how it's described. Well, you know, I don't, I don't see heaven being described in terms that I think we could really if, if someone gave you a sketch pad and some of those really expensive artist pencils and said, based upon what we know about heaven revealed in the scriptures, draw me an accurate picture of what heaven will be like. I, I don't think that we could probably accomplish that. Now, there's some descriptives in the scriptures, uh, but I think our human minds can't grasp how wonderful heaven will be or even what it might appear like when we make it there. You know, we always talk about uh, mansions in heaven because Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you, John 14. So we talk about, you know, uh, mansions and so forth. But I I just really think that our, our visual capacity to sort of imagine it visually is is really limited. Yeah. Likely not going to have angels floating on clouds playing harps, so not, no, none of that mentioned in the scriptures. Yeah, uh, but I don't. But actually, the, I believe the descriptions that are more appealing to us are, are some of the terms that we mentioned in our questions. Oh. For instance, heaven is referred to as a reward uh, in Matthew. Chapter 5, verse 11, Jesus said, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you. Um, So heaven is described as a reward. Well, rewards are usually good things, right? If If you did a good 
if you were a good employee on the job and they gave you a reward for your good work, well, that's usually something pleasant and 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 enjoyable. They're not going to give you, a, you know, a, a punch in the nose as a reward. You know, that's not a reward. So a reward, the the word reward, and Jesus used that word. It's a reward in heaven. It's, a, it's something in exchange for what you've sacrificed. So it's, good, it's it's first a good thing, but also suggests that you ought to be trying to accomplish something to receive the reward. And yeah, and so you got to hold this idea in check with the idea we're not earning our salvation obviously. Yeah, it's not an earning. Uh, but it is a it is something that God has, has said is going to be a reward for our our sacrifices. And and so what we see here is that God's definitely using a reward motivation. Yeah. For you know a lot of times in in the physical world we we are motivated by potential rewards. Kids in school are reward are, are motivated. Teachers are very prevalent to use reward motivation. Probably a lot of employers on the job offer rewards to their employees who achieve certain standards and so forth. As humans, that works. That work reward motivation works for us, and God has offered us rewards. Uh, uh, the idea of reward in heaven. All right. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul says, we're going through some hard times now, even suffering. And we know Paul suffered an, a tremendous amount of things. But he says, the sufferings won't hold a candle to what we're going to get in heaven. He, he was talking about the reward. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain, uh, obtain the prize. And so that's closely associated with the idea of a reward. There is that uh, that uh, that goal that we're, we're that striving for. Second Timothy four, verse seven. Paul said, "I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love him." Paul believed he had a reward laid up. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, but Paul obviously wasn't one who taught that we could earn our salvation, but he believed that God would reward those who seek to do His will. And that's all we're saying. We're and I think you are right. We've got to be careful not to to suggest to people that somehow or another we could earn our salvation or uh, deserve sort, it. sort of sort of uh, build up credits or, or bonus points. You know? yeah, step before God on the day of Joe say it's time to pay up. Yeah, look, look here. I got all these. I got all these punched tickets. Now you're going to have to reward me. Yeah. It's not like that, but it is. But but nonetheless, I, I, I guess again, this is probably one of the places where where our minds sort of. Uh, are conflicted, but it's clear. In fact, Jesus used the word reward in heaven. It's, yeah. It is a reward. Paul said in Second Corinthians 4, verse 17, Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So this is just temporary, he says. We're, we're looking for that, uh, which we will have eternally. So All right. now, again, I think the, the, the point of that is, though, if it's a reward then that implies that I need to be sort of working toward it now. Just like a kid in school, you know, if you uh, get your homework done every day this week, you get ice cream on Friday. Right. That's the reward. Okay, well, i got to do my homework every day this week. i got to yeah. turn it in. 
And so in the same way, God expects me to be doing my best. And he promises to reward me if I do my best. And, and my best is not good enough to earn heaven. But he will reward me if I if I do my best. That's what the scriptures say. Yes, seventy two fifty six says reward for our sacrifice. Isn't it a gift? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Seventy two fifty six is that uh, there's uh, I guess two ways of looking at this. Obviously, we're not earning it, we're not deserving it, but yet God has said that it is a reward uh, for the sacrifice that we make. So it's not a sacrifice that earns or deserves our our salvation, but it uh, God says He's going to reward that. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a conflicting idea, but I think it's it's clearly a biblical concept. Jesus Himself was the one who used the word reward in Matthew chapter five, verse twelve. It's a reward in heaven. So, uh, but again, the implicate what I was really driving for in the question, Jacob, was the implication of that is I, I need to be doing something if I want a reward. I need to be doing something in order to receive a reward. Uh, Philip says salvation is a gift, but heaven is a reward, as described by Paul in Second Timothy four verses four through eight. Yeah, passage you referenced earlier. Yeah. Um, okay. So if there's more comments about that in the chat room, uh, send them on in. Kent but, and George has sent an email, and he said the fact that heaven will consist in being a reward and inheritance, a rest and home, implies the, that the reality of such is the greatest eternal blessing that one could receive. It also implies to miss. To miss out on such a blessing would be the greatest loss that one yeah, could ever. Thank you, Kent, for that. Yeah. Um, well, he touched on some of the other descriptors you mentioned in your email today. Yeah, let's look at it. Let's look at. Uh, well, maybe we better take a break. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about heaven being an inheritance. What does that tell you about it? Uh, what kind of uh, information can you gather from that description that heaven is an inheritance? Don't go anywhere. We're back. Right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hello, everyone. I'm Brett Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but he's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Here's some quotes worth pondering. What you really believe is not spoken by your lips, but by your life. Do a little more each day than you think you can. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Man, wish I'd said that. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight. They're talking about uh, that uh, idea of heaven being a reward, as Jesus mentioned in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. Uh, well, we've touched, a little, we've yeah. touched a little controversy there, it seems, and that's okay. Yeah, I liked what James mentioned here. He looked, the, the, the definition of the Greek word reward actually means pay or wages for work rendered. He says, not that we earn it, salvation is a gift, but we are required to work hard for the Lord while on earth, and our labor will not be in vain. 
He pulls in a couple passages from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his labor. And verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 3, if any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. So there's a couple more places where the word reward is used. Again, the, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the, I, I guess maybe maybe part of, of the explanation might help is that the, the idea of reward far exceeds anything that we could do to receive it. Uh, so I make a deal to you, Kyle. If you will bring a, a dozen eggs to my house tomorrow at 11 36 in the morning, I will reward you with $100,000. Well, uh, how about this? Well, I'm trying to come up with an illustration. I mean, about, the, what uh, I'm offering you so far surpasses what you do, but you still have to do what's, what's, what is suggested in order to receive that reward. What about you, somebody loses their dog and puts, puts a sign up, you know, $100 reward for the dog? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that happens all the time. You know, or maybe more. You know, some of the, sometimes you see these five hundred dollar reward for the lost dog. Yeah. Not getting that for my dog. <laughs> um, but uh, but turning they, over a lost dog doesn't. You're not, you're, 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 you're not earning. You're not earning it. But, but you're not going to get it if you don't turn the dog over either. So yeah. So there's a lots of uh, you know there's different angles to this as well, and it's one that's hard to get our, and, our minds and, around sometimes. But certainly. You know, that's that, it's almost like what we've talked be- about before on the program about grace. We believe that we're saved by grace, but we know that that God's salvation is also conditional. And and some and sometimes in our mind, the idea of conditions and grace s- seem like they f- they fight against each other. But both concepts are taught in the scriptures, and I think maybe that's the same sort of thing here that we're talking about. Seventy two fifty six says, "Seems to me the work was done on the cross. Our response is obedience and thanks." Um, and uh, then he references, or he or she references Galatians three verse three: "Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh?" Um, James says, um, let's see, uh, Dwight's references uh, Joshua 14, verse 14, Caleb received only after following the Lord fully. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Dwight. Uh, the reference there in Joshua chapter 14, uh, verse 14 is, I believe, uh, in the, uh, uh, let's see, Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephthun of the uh, Kenzanite, to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And so, um, again, um, well, yes, having conditions is yeah. not something that is any is not foreign to the scriptures at all. The idea of meeting conditions, the, the, certainly we believe in God's grace and we're saved by grace and we don't deny that. But we also understand that where there are conditions to to be met in order to be saved, and I think that's the same concept we're talking about here. There, it's a reward, but it's not a reward that we necessarily deserve, not one that we could earn by meritorious works, but to, uh, to guess seventy two fifty six, we just say we're we're just using a biblical word there. It's it's a biblical concept that I think our minds, our 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 feeble human minds, can relate to the idea of a reward, and and God used that reward motivation to try to urge us on toward heaven. Now, the scriptures there. How, otherwise, how do you explain? How do you explain Matthew seven? Or Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, if, if it's not something that uh, God is rewarding us with for our sacrifice. I don't know. You can't, you, can't, you can't take that passage out of the Scriptures because you have another passage that says we're saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. So 
you can't take that passage out. You got to make them fit together. And uh, and so we need to get on to our next. Uh, okay. Topic. Well, the, the next word that describes heaven is an inheritance. Uh, the verse I have in mind is First Peter one verses three and four. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. An inheritance reserved in heaven for us. Uh, so there's there's the word I was thinking of as a description of heaven. Uh, but now inheritance implies typically that I have some sort of a relationship with the one yeah. who leaves me an inheritance. Right. You know, uh, so here's a guy, here's a guy, his, 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 uh, a sort of hermit old uncle is, you know, a multimillionaire. And so the, the old uncle's going, he's, he's died and, and they open the will. And, you know, the, so who's he going to leave it to? Is he going to leave it to total strangers who have no relationship? To him at all, or is he going to leave? Well, he's going to leave it to this nephew because it's his only relative, someone who has a relationship with him. And so, it, in terms of human inheritance, we think of it typically being, and it, it's not necessarily a blood relationship. It might be a close friendship relationship, but typically, inheritances are not left to total strangers who have no relationship with the one who leaves the gift. The gift is given to those in a relationship. That's what we're saying. And so if we wanted this inheritance in heaven, we need to be, we need to have a relationship with the Father, uh, so that, so that that can take place. Yes. I mean, it's a great, it's a very comforting fact to think about the fact that we would have an inheritance and that inheritance would include being, uh, with our Father forever in heaven. Uh, but as you mentioned, uh, we need to make sure that we are uh, the sons of God in order uh, to be heirs of that promise. James mentions references inheritance, that which is given to an heir. First Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, as you mentioned, uh, Dad, uh, he references that passage as well. Um, all right. Um, and, and we could spend some time, although we won't, but it, what it says there about it, that, that it is, uh, incorruptible, undefiled, will not fade away. All those are amazing aspects of this inheritance that Unlike God has. Unlike any inheritance for here on earth. Children, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and so, uh, certainly those, uh, those other adjectives that you mentioned help us to understand more about heaven. Incorruptible, undefiled, and will not fade away or eternal. All right. All right. Uh, and then another description of heaven is that it is a rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, you're thinking about Hebrews there, yeah, I believe. Yeah, Hebrews 4, verses 9 through 11. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Now, the book of Hebrews was written to Christians already, so the rest wasn't here because they were already Christians. If the, if the rest was in just becoming a Christian, then the rest would have already be, have been uh, realized by those who were the recipients of this letter. But the Hebrew letter was written to Hebrew Christians, Jewish Christians, converted Jews, but they were kind of losing it. They were, they were tempted to go back into Judaism, to give up Christianity. And, and the Hebrew writer all throughout the whole book is encouraging them to stay faithful to Christ. 
And he, and this is one of the things that he was using to motivate them. There is a rest to the people of God, and we need to labor to enter into that rest. But the idea of rest, what I was striving for there, what's implied by rest is you rest after you work. Yeah. You know, if, if you hired on a new job and, and your first day there, just as soon as you walked in the door, you, you tried to find an easy chair to sit down in, that wouldn't, that wouldn't make, that wouldn't cut it. Yeah. The boss would say, what are you doing? And you say, well, I'm just resting. You haven't worked yet. You haven't done anything. Uh, rest implies that you have labored. Well, and we're supposed to be laboring in, in the Lord's service. Verse 10 of uh, Hebrews 4, right before that, verse 11. For he who has entered his rest, he has himself ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest any fall. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you've got, you, we're not there right now. So we need to be actively serving the Lord. Yeah. Because we will have an opportunity to. But yeah, you know, this would go to the same. This would go to the same point that we made earlier. We're, we're, it's heaven's called a rest, and that means we ought to be working so that we can rest later. But the work we're doing is not going to merit the rest that God has set for us in heaven. And and uh, we want to be very clear. We're not suggesting the idea we're earning anything, but these are descriptives that God uses to urge us on toward it. Yeah. And clearly, the Bible says we've got to be working. Uh, uh, I think James mentioned earlier, our labor is not in vain. First Corinthians fifteen verse fifty. We're to labor. We're, we're supposed to be working in in God's vineyard uh, with a promise that He will reward us, that that He will give us a place of rest. That we will gain an inheritance because we are have this relationship with Him. Uh, these are all motivators to urge us on toward heaven. Uh, James includes Revelation fourteen verse thirteen. I like this connection. I heard a voice from heaven saying, "Right, blessed are the day who de- die in the Lord." Uh, from now on, yes, says the Spirit, so they may rest from their labors, for their deeds will follow or follow with them. So, Revelation fourteen verse thirteen says. That when we die, we can rest from our labors. But it, but again, the implication is labors now, rest later, not yeah. rest now. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. We we need to be active, and uh, and certainly, uh, you know, the other thing about rest is, isn't it sweet? Isn't rest nice after you have been very active and very very busy? Um, you, you you know, it it feels a lot better to sit down on the couch. Uh, in, in the afternoon after you've been out in the yard working all day than it does to sit on the couch first thing in the morning. That uh, rest on the couch is a lot uh, is a lot sweeter after yeah. you've been busy. Yeah. And that's the idea that I get here is that uh, we need to be, uh, when we get to the finish line, we need to have, uh, we don't need to have any left in the gas tank. We need to yeah. be uh, fully exhausted in our service to the Lord. Real quickly, let's pick up the last descriptive that I suggested in our update today, and that is the idea of home. Heaven is described as being home. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6, Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So uh, to be at home with the Lord is the idea of eternity in heaven. And all of us relate to the concept of home. There's no place like home, we say, and we really mean it. I mean, and it is absolutely so. We want to be home. But think of it. The implication of this description suggests 
this is not our home. Now, the problem, I think, is we let this, we become too attached to this. We begin to think this is home. And we're so wrapped up in the affairs of this world. And it, it, we make this our home. Yep. Whereas uh, the scriptures describe us as strangers and pilgrims. We're just passing through. This is not home. We're going to be at home with the Lord. As Paul said, Second Corinthians 5, verse 8. And so we, I think we need to work at that. Uh, uh, at home to be at home with the Lord. That's our that's our goal. That's what we want. We we should not imagine so much that this is what we want. Yeah, we need to uh, be uh, understanding that uh, this world is not our home. Uh, that we are sojourners, uh, strangers, and uh, pilgrims in uh, the earth, and that um, we uh, aren't setting up permanent uh, dwellings here, but we're. Looking for that that home in heaven. In Hebrews 11, where it describes some of the great heroes of faith from the Old Testament, it says these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Yes. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. Beautiful thought there, um, and uh, one that we need to be mindful of. We need to get a break and get this week's bullet point. We'll continue the discussion on the other side. Who's Who's going to be there? Who's going to be in heaven? You know, that's something that uh, somebody invites you to a party. Somebody invites you to a get-together. Who's going to be there? Yeah. Yeah. If I come, who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? Yeah. All right, so uh, you uh, you want to know who's going to be there. That will help you to determine if uh, you, you want to go. Uh, we'll get that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwen with this week's bullet point. Our bullet point this week comes from the pen of Earl Kimbrough. God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse to anoint a king for Israel among his sons. Jesse made several of his sons to pass before the aging prophet. Quote, and Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord hath not chosen these. He then asked Jesse if these were all his sons. Jesse said, quote, there remaineth yet one, the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. To which the prophet replied, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes hither. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 16, beginning verse 11. This last statement indicates something grand and noble about Samuel. God sent him on a mission, and he would not rest until it was accomplished. It would also be a grand and noble thing today if those of us who seek to serve the Lord manifested the same attitude toward our duty to God. Too many of us have sat down before the job was finished, and as a result, the day is far spent and much work is yet to be done. Oh, for servants of the Lord like Samuel, who refuse to take their ease until his work is done. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hey, Mammy. Um... This is the Virtual Bible Study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. The website for the church is thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. If you've not checked it out, we encourage you to go to it and find out more about us. You can listen to... 
the past uh, 12 plus years worth of uh, virtual Bible study programs there at our website or in our podcast feed. Find out about our podcast feed there. Find out about our sermon podcast feed there. You want to check out the sermons that have been presented to the College View Church and uh, lots of other information there as well. Find out information about upcoming events uh, that we are hosting uh, at the College View Church of Christ. Yeah, we might start. Up. We might start hyping our gospel meeting. Which is October starts Sunday, October the twenty second. Last full week in October. Uh, yeah, and so uh, we're going to have different speakers from around the Middle Tennessee and Northern Alabama uh, area, and uh, we'd love for you to come if you're within a driving distance of, of Columbia, Tennessee. Mark on your calendar the week of Sunday, October twenty second, and the week following through Friday night. Yep. Those weeknights uh, will meet at seven o'clock. We'll we'll have more information about that coming up real soon. Yes, and um, we um, yeah, you can find out uh, yeah, lots of good good information there. So check out the virtual Bible study or collegeview.com. And uh, send us a note at any time uh, with your questions, comments, or suggestions for future editions of the program. All right. So now, second question. Who's going to be in heaven? Well, I, I want to start maybe with a little different answer than would have been expected. But I think this is so critical. God is going to be there. And I really think if you wanted to boil down the description of heaven in its perfect essence, it is to be with God. And actually, to be lost is to be separated from eternal death. Death is separation. And the separation of spiritual death will be to be eternally separated from God. Uh, And so uh, I I think uh, maybe the most important description of who's going to be in heaven is God. And we we will be with him. Uh, In Isaiah 63, verse 15, uh, the prophet called on God, Look down from heaven and behold from the habitation of thy holiness and of thy glory. So God is in heaven. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. God is in heaven. That, of everything that we might say tonight, that ought to be enough. Why, why go to heaven? What's the purpose? What's the goal? What's the, what are you gonna, what's gonna happen? Be with God. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, all these others, I think, and I think maybe in, in, in the chat room, we got the idea that, you know, some people see some problem trying to coordinate these different words that are used to describe heaven. That's fine. But I don't know how you miss this one. And really, it's the most important one. Heaven is to be with God forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it certainly is a motivation for us to want to be there, uh, to be with our Heavenly Father. And then, of course, not just God, but also the Son and the Spirit will be in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have a great high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Yeah. Jesus, our high priest, he's sitting on the right hand of God yeah. in heaven. First uh, uh, Peter 3, verse 22, Jesus is gone into heaven, and he is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject to him. Uh, so, again, Clearly, Jesus, the Father is in heaven. Uh, uh, the Spirit is in heaven. First uh, Peter 1, verse 12, Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. 
which things the angels desire to look into. The Holy Ghost was sent down from heaven. Father, Son, Spirit. What, what, what else do you need to know? I mean, we got curiosity about heaven and what it might be like. But if you know that, that surely is absolutely enough to, to motivate us to want to be there. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Uh, we want your thoughts and your comments. Uh, Kyle, anything so far on that end? Uh, which, now which I know I got, uh, one of those says, who will be in heaven? I know it's, uh, I got, uh, John 3.36 says, uh, who will be in heaven is he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So that's something that's, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, and I think that when I asked that question, Kyle, I think that's probably what everybody was thinking. Who's going to be in heaven? I wanted to start out by stressing oh, yeah. Father, Son, Spirit, because I mean, we can't lose sight of that, but the, the, the answer that really impinges on us is, will we be among those? Yeah. Uh, who who will be there having lived as humans here on earth will we make it to eternity in heaven and the scriptures say that the saints of all ages will be there so here we are living in a in the time uh of of the lord's kingdom his church uh, the the new testament will of jesus christ uh we we've we are living under the, the, the rule of the law of Christ, the, the, uh, the, re- delivered by the inspired apostles and prophets and all that. But don't forget that it won't just be those who live in this era who will thus be in heaven, yep. but also all of the faithful ones who lived before. We referenced Hebrews 11 a little while ago, talking about the great heroes of faith, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, uh, all the great prophets, Elijah, Isaiah. I mean, when we uh, all of our Old Testament studies and all the great people of faith that we read about in the Old Testament, to think about being there with them, to me, it's just an, an awesome thought to be in that, to the possibility of being in that number. Yeah. Uh, in First Thessalonians four, beginning verse sixteen, it says, "The Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel." And the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And and that's that's a, a, a fabulous promise to be with the Lord, but in the company of all those faithful ones who've gone on before. All right. Uh, James references says God is there and he, we can finally be with him that is harmful or hurtful. Revelation 21, 3 and 4, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more, no longer any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. All right. Thanks, James, for your comments. So uh, that's kind of an easy, uh, I think that's an easy part of the answer, who's going to be in heaven. Uh, oh, by you the way, the angels. We, we, we by the way, the angels. the angels are going to be in heaven. Uh, we had a verse for that. What would it be? Uh, yeah, uh, there were Jesus had said that the angels in Matthew 18, verse 10, take heed that you not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which angels, is in heaven. Angels in it. Oh, boy. And, and if we're not careful, that could lead us down a, a trail, too. Uh, their angels, we're talking about the little ones and their angels are in heaven some people want to suggest that means guardian angels, and that's a big question in a lot of people's minds. We can talk about angels. I think we have talked about angels before. By the way, Jacob, you were talking about our archives. 
if you go especially the the most thorough listing, the ultimate complete listing of all the programs that we've had uh, on the Virtual Bible Study is in, uh, uh, if you go to our website under the tab, the Virtual Bible Study, there are WMA archives, there are MP3 archives, there are video archives. But that WMA, which stands for Windows Media Audio, is that right? WMA? Yeah, I think it does. Uh, anyway, that, that's the that's the one because those go all the way back to the beginning, and there's over 600 of them now. 600 plus hours. Uh, uh, it actually is a pretty good study resource. It, let's say that you were studying angels. If you go in there and type in a search for angels on that page, it'll bring up prog- a program that we've done on that. Yeah. If you're studying about the Holy Spirit uh, and miracles, if you're studying about prayer, what, what are you studying about? There's a pretty good probability that in those 600 episodes, you might find something there that you could listen to that might be a help with your study. Yep, check it out, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says, all of those who have never attained accountability and or responsibility to God will be there. Okay, so a, a baby dies in infancy. Yep. They're going to be in heaven. Yeah. That's a comforting thing. David, That's what King David what, said. Where, what King David said, I can't bring him back, but I can go to him. Yep. So David had that confidence. Yes, he did. Uh, and so that, he says, those will be there. The faithful Old Testament saints will be there. You know, that's something that we have to realize that there will be folks from the Old Testament there. Right. Moses and Elijah. I, I remember, I remember, uh, it was kind of a, supposed to be a humorous story told about the, you know, why I can't wait. Guy, uh, you know, uh, big flood, you know, great, uh, maybe, maybe this flood that they've had in Texas. I can't, if I get to heaven, I'm going to tell them about that flood that we had when that hurricane came through Houston. Okay, you can talk about that flood when you get to heaven if you want to, but don't forget Noah's going to be there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, think about the things that the people in uh, the, the, those great Bible characters are going to be there, and all that they experienced that we've read about and studied yep. for, for all these years is they're just amazing. And really, then, it's really thrilling, I think, to yes. contemplate. Yes, absolutely. And all those who have obeyed the gospel of Christ and have remained faithful in their times, he says. So he mentions three, or uh, actually, uh, yeah, three. Those who who died before becoming accountable or responsible to God, the Old Testament saints, and all who have obeyed the gospel and been faithful. Pretty good. Yep. All right. And uh, let's go on. We let's got grab our last, last break. break. And when we get back, let's dive into this question that I think is pretty interesting, but... Uh, Maybe certainly not as important as some of the other concepts we've discussed, but will we recognize one another in heaven? That's what we get to after this. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study goes to the top of the hour after these messages. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Hi, this is Jordan Sanders from College View Church of Christ, and here's some thoughts for you today. Have you ever wondered why there never seems to be enough time to get everything done? Well, we may not have the answer. According to an article in U.S. News, an average American in his lifetime will spend six months at a stop sign, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced items, two years unsuccessfully trying to return telephone calls, five years waiting in the line, and six years eating. Other recent studies suggest that we will spend as much as 20 years watching TV and even more time sleeping. Now, to put this in proper perspective, think of this. If you attend every service of church, Sunday Bible study, Sunday morning and evening worship, and Wednesday night Bible study, you will spend only about 1.5 years total. That's only slightly more time than you will spend looking for misplaced items, 
and only about twice as much time as you will spend opening junk mail. But some Christians will not even do this much. Over and over again, we return to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. God commands us to assemble. Why? The context of this verse clearly shows that it is for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of this great blessing, Christian? How are you using your time? If you don't regularly attend all of the services, you may be spending more time opening junk mail than worshiping God. Isn't that a terrifying thought? We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A 2016 study found that many Americans think sin is commonplace. In that study, 65% agreed that everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. However, few Americans seem to think that sins will put them in spiritual dangers. 74% of Americans disagreed with the idea that even the smallest sin deserves eternal damnation. That includes 62% who strongly disagreed. That information is via LifeWay Research. The Word of God says in Romans 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight, and uh, we're going to the top of the hour with a question now that's going to be a little bit harder to answer. Yeah, we want to ask the question, will we recognize one another in heaven? And if the answer is yes, then how you deal with the objection that is raised well, if I recognize people in heaven, okay, there's Kyle, I see Kyle, well, there's Jacob, wait a minute, where's my... Where's Bob? Where's Where's my wife? Yeah. I don't see her here. Oh, I can never be happy in heaven because my loved one is not there. Uh, you know, that's a, that's an objection that is raised about will we recognize... So what's the answer? I, I want to start out with just the first part of Kent's answer. He says, as to whether or not we will recognize one another in heaven is an interesting subject to discuss, but not nearly as important as making preparation to go there. Now, let's just stop right there and say amen to that. Uh, and and i, I got to say, I, I, I know people on both sides of this question, will we recognize one another in heaven? And I don't think we have to agree about it. I mean, I'm not going to fall out with anybody who 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 disagrees because I don't think it's a critical thing. Yep. Uh, but I'm going to take the position. Let me, let me, Jacob, take the position that we are going to recognize one another in heaven. And let me give my, my reasons why. And then I'll have to answer that objection. How could I be happy if my loved one's not there then? First of all, the Old Testament uses the phrase a lots of time, lots of times, the Old Testament uses the phrase gathered to his people. So such such person died and was gathered to his people. For instance, in Genesis 25, verse 8, Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah. So he, he died. They buried him. He was gathered to his people. Now, gathered to his people... You know, the question might be, well, he was buried. That just means he was buried in the family burying place. All of his people were buried there. He was gathered with his people in their burying. But that's not what that expression means. We know that because uh, in Deuteronomy 32 about Moses, Deuteronomy 32, verse 48, the Lord spake unto Moses that selfsame day, saying, Get thee up into the mountain Abiram unto Mount Nebo, and behold the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel for a possession, and die in the mount whither thou goest, and be gathered to thy people. 
So Moses was going to die and be gathered. But Moses wasn't buried where his relatives were buried. In fact, uh, Deuteronomy 34, verse 5 and 6 says, the, uh, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. Yep. So gathered to his people does not mean buried in the family burying place. It means something else. Uh, and and I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it implies going to be with your people in, uh, in the spirit realm. Uh, we we uh, made passing reference to David and, the, and Bathsheba's child that died in 2 Samuel 12. In verse 23, uh, David said, Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Yep. David believed he was going to go to be with that child that had died. And so I think those are some suggestions from the Old Testament scriptures that imply knowledge of uh, uh, of where we are and who we're with uh, when we reach the, the other realm. Yeah. Um, the, the, the parable or story of the rich man and Lazarus sends, tends to lead, lend credence uh, to that uh, because uh, you remember in Luke 16, yeah. uh, the, the uh, rich man being in torments, verse 23, in Hades. Now, this isn't heaven or hell. This is... This uh, is before judgment, yeah, before but, but, judgment. It's, it's but in the, realm the spirit of, realm. Realm of departed spirits, Hades. And he lifted his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. So he right, he could recognize Abraham and Lazarus in that in that state or that realm. So that lends credence to your, your argument there. Yeah, I think uh, I would make that a strong argument. Luke 16, uh, the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man and Lazarus r- recognized... Or at least, well, we don't know. Lazarus doesn't speak in that story, but the rich man understood who Lazarus was in that story. Yeah. Um, uh, also in the New Testament, we may make an argument from the transfiguration of Jesus. Jesus was transfigured, and Moses and Elijah appeared with him on the Mount of Transfiguration. They were recognizable. They'd been dead a long time, but their identities were still known. Yeah, uh, that might make a little bit or maybe not as strong as argument. But I think certainly the rich man and Lazarus, uh, Jesus said in Luke 13, verse 28, talking about those who will be punished. He says, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. Yeah, they would recognize those who were in the kingdom and those who were thrust out. Oh, one more, Luke 23, verse 43, uh, the rich, uh, the, the, one of the thieves on the cross, uh, verse 42, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, maybe you'd say, well, there's an exception for Christ and God, but at least the thief there would understand that when he got to paradise, he was with Christ. Yeah. Um, let me yeah. get the rest. Let me get the rest of Kent's. Yeah, because this he does put it into focus. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. You got it. He said there are some components of the scriptures that are not clearly set out, and we should not be overly dogmatic regarding them. This, I believe, to be one of those issues. I'd say amen to that. Yeah, I agree. It is indeed possible that the saved in heaven will know one another. Second Samuel twelve fifteen through twenty three. 
We read of the death of David's infant son. Upon learning the situation, David stated, But now that he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. In Matthew 17, beginning verse 1, Peter, James, and John recognized Moses and Elijah when they appeared along with Christ as he was transfigured. In using a logical move that is referred to as reasoning from the lesser to the greater, there are situations that are true in the lesser that can also be true in the greater. Perhaps such could possibly be the case regarding future recognition as heaven as set out in both of those scenarios. It may be objected that the realization that certain friends and loved ones did not make it and thus produce sadness, this one thing we can be assured about, God will make all necessary provisions for all in heaven to be happy and rejoicing throughout all eternity. Just exactly how he will do so should not concern us as much as making sure adequate preparation is made to be in heaven ourselves. I do believe that we will not lose consciousness of our own personal identity, realization of our past life on earth, our own personal obedience to the gospel of Christ, and knowledge of our personal faith to the Lord will add joy to the eternal reward promised in glory. That's yep. a good way to put it. Thank you, Kent. Yep. Uh, and so he's he's tried to deal with that, that objection. How could I be happy if, if I get there but my wife is not there? How could I be happy? Uh, he says we don't have to know. We just have the assurance that God's going to wipe away all tears. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, Revelation 20, I think James mentioned this in the chat room earlier. Revelation 21, 4, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. So God's going to make it so that we are perfect. We have a perfect existence in heaven. How, how that might happen uh we don't know. There'll be some things different. Jesus said about heaven in, in Matthew 22, verse 30, in the resurrection, they neither marry nor given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Yeah. So we're going to be different. There's going to, things about us will be different. Things will be different. Yeah, that's the thing that, I mean, that, that, that the fact that we recognize or not, that, for instance, if my wife is in heaven... I can't imagine not being married. No, oh, I think that's right. I mean, that's but, that's, but that's, that's uh, that verse says that we won't be. We're not going to be a family unit anymore in heaven. That's almost discouraging you know, if you think about it. But from it, but heaven, from an earthly, firstly, for, for physical perspective. Yeah. So things are going to be so much different. And I somewhat envision that the, the being in the glory of God and His presence. We're going to take all of that yeah. that consideration out of the picture. I We're tell going to be you so overwhelmed with that, I think. i tell you something that I've speculated about. Uh, one thing, we will fully understand the justice of God in, in eternity. Right, right now, we're feeble. Our minds are finite. Uh, we can't comprehend everything. But in heaven, we will have a complete sense of God's ultimate Fairness and justice, and we will know if if a loved one didn't make it, we'll know, we'll understand. We won't say that's not fair. I don't I don't think I, God should have made a different judgment on that. We won't feel that way at all. We'll have perfect understanding of God's complete and utter justice. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other comments? No other comments in the chat room tonight. Um, Kyle, well, we, Kyle, anything, Kyle? Anything for you, Kyle? No, I just think uh, we just need to make sure that we're there. That's uh, we need to make yeah, sure that's that we right. <laughs> I, I think that's... do our best to live our lives the way God hey, wants us to. No, there's not going to be there's not going to be anybody who said I made the wrong decision that's when they get there. You know, oh wait a minute, they, they didn't tell me about this. Yeah, so no, I wonder what I thought. Yeah, I oh, it's oh be I, I did have one more argument about uh, about that last that last verse we referenced, Matthew twenty-two verse thirty. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Well, 
that sort of actually goes to the point too, because the angels of heaven have identity; they are known by yeah. name. Yeah. So if we knew, who, who do we know? We know Michael. Yeah. We know Gabriel. Well, if 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 they are known and have identity by name, then that would also we're going to be as the angels of heaven. We're going to have identity. We'll be recognizable by name. Now, someone could argue it would be a different identity and a different name than we had before, but I don't think so. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're not. Yeah, they give you a new name. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, again, I like what Kent said about it. Is that there's a lot of questions we don't know all the answers to, and we don't need to be dogmatic about it. Uh, you, you're putting together some things that may give you an indication one way or the other here about knowing names, uh, but um, certainly um, uh, we need I, to I take it to that. I, I want to go back to what we said earlier in James's comment in the chat room. God is there, and we can finally be with him without anything that is harmful or hurtful. That's really all that matters, and yeah. that and that that ought to be that ought to be the 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 great motivator for us. We're going to be with God in heaven. What? What more could we even hope to imagine than that? And so it ought to keep pushing us on, making us strive for the goal. Yeah, and we can read passages about heaven in Roman, uh, Revelation that talk about uh, the, uh, the amazing things that are there. Uh, in verse 2 of Revelation 4, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he who sat, on, uh, sat there was like a jasper and sardis stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the throne sat 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of, of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning around before the throne, which are, are the seven spirits of God. Uh, and it goes on and on. And, and just uh, in, the, uh, in verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before whom he sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their uh, crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Just the, the scene that we will witness in heaven will be uh, beyond description. Yeah. And uh, we certainly need to be looking forward to that. When we send out our update, or when we put it on Facebook today, what do we know about heaven? We got a comment from Betty, a very simple comment, but it's exactly right. What do we know about heaven? It's beautiful. There you go. Well, Amen, there, Betty. Thanks, Betty. Yeah. All right. Very succinct. Um, Kyle, thanks uh, for helping us get it out tonight. Thanks, uh, good to be here. And, uh, Dad, thank you for being here. Thanks, Jacob. I uh, appreciate you joining us and hope that you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word, our consideration of heaven, and uh, instilled in you a greater longing uh, to be there. We hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.